Happy New Year! <laughs> Welcome to the Athlete Hack Podcast. I am Jesse Exter, and I'm joined with Ross Gilmore hey. and James Jones. Here. And we are going to chat about New Year fat loss hacks. Hashtag yeah. fat loss hacks. Yeah, so um, every year it gets to about... January the 1st, you usually wake up about 11 in the morning and you think, ah, i got to get my shit together, i got to get my shit together and I've got to set some goals, I'm going to take it seriously now. And uh, so yeah, we're going to give you a few tips on how to very, very easily shed some fat um, in those kind of January, uh, February kind of months as, as you, uh, you, you're full of vigour. And motivation, and you're posting motivational quotes on Instagram and all that <laughs> stuff. So um, obviously, it's much easier to keep up that motivation if you actually have results. Sure True story. So, um, Ross, you want to start us off on on some fat loss tips? Um, I think we all agreed before we start recording. The first place that we, of course, should look at is nutrition. hundred percent. It's going to have by yep. far the biggest impact on your. Fat loss or fat gain? Yeah, and uh, I, I would go so far as to say that um, you can get a lot of fat loss with excellent nutrition and a so-so training plan. You very rarely Definitely. see excellent fat loss with a great training plan and so-so nutrition. Would you say that's pretty accurate? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a re- reason that the, the kind of phrase, you can't out-train a bad diet, that it's around for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sounds pretty cliche, but it's, it's true. Yeah. Um, I think a good starting point, we always say it, we joke about it when someone comes in and goes, oh, I'm not sure what I'm eating. And we always say, oh, well, there's this wonderful app called MyFitnessPal. <laughs> yeah. Because the majority of people that we have come in um, don't actually know what they're eating. Yep. And they have no awareness. So by getting an app like MyFitnessPal, which is a tra- tracking app, and you log your actual food and just see what am I eating without ever even trying to change anything. Log mm-hmm. for a week and see what are you physically eating. Yeah, and I, I say starting point. Like it doesn't even need to be as accurate with the calories, protein, fat, and carbs. It could literally just be you writing it down on a bit of paper. Yeah. Um, but just bring some awareness to what you're actually putting in your body. Yeah. And, yeah. and maybe how consistent that is or how inconsistent that is yeah. is a awesome place to start. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point with the idea of using... Because let's be real, most people now are, you know, they're connected to the app world in some way. Um, and I do think, you know, people think my fitness pal, and the first thing a lot of people say is, oh, but what about people who have never counted calories or macros? That's, I guess that's not the point that Jess is making. The point is actually that you just have this list of food that you're eating. Forget about all the numbers in the middle to start with. Just get, get it written down. Just have an actual log, like a tracker of this is what I'm eating on a, on a regular basis. Like, yeah. I have, yeah. every other week I have someone come in and say, I don't know what, like, where to start. I say log for three days. And then I see three days of vlogging, and before I say anything, I say, well, what have you noticed? Oh, I'm not eating anywhere near enough. I'm not getting enough protein. I'm, like, really low calories. And, like, they're making those realizations themselves. Yeah. Um, And that's going to be a much stronger starting point than someone saying, you have to eat this, 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 this. It took starting just making a list in order to recognize that, right? So that's the key thing is just starting somewhere. Starting even if it's just making a list. 
Yeah, I mean, whenever I ask about people's diet, like, I never ask, like, oh, how do you eat? I'll say specifically, what did you eat today? What did you eat yesterday? Exactly. And yeah. most of the time, they can't answer what they ate yesterday. Mm-hmm. And they can vaguely answer what they ate today. But, like, that's because for, mo- for a lot of people, like, they don't have that structure or those patterns mm-hmm. in place already. Um, however, if you, maybe you are a little bit serious about your training and you're getting ready for the open and, you know, you're in the CrossFit competitive season and, and you, you're doing that, dialing in that accuracy on how you're tracking and bring awareness back to that can make a huge difference. Because even if you're kind of tracking stuff, it's very easy to sneak in uh, a little extra carbs, a little extra fat, or you know maybe not quite get enough protein. Because what those portions that you originally set out when you started the plan, you've probably drifted a little bit off that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I guess there's there's obviously those people who maybe don't actually even fully understand what. What pro- exactly what proteins are, what carbs are. I mean, we, we, we kind of take for granted. We know what protein is, we know what a carb is, we know what a fat is, but you'd be amazed the amount of people when you, when you speak to them that they actually don't 100% know where all the foods belong to. So sometimes it's even just worth starting with people. Like, um, say they'd make a list on MyFitnessPal or what we do with our habit-based coaching a lot of the time is we just have a, a basic food diary mm. and we get them to do that for, for just seven days. And the thing that's quite interesting to observe is the difference between the weekend and the weekdays. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because yeah. a lot of people um, here in Dubai, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's kind of the weekend, um, which is weird because usually it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the rest of the world. But um, you see a lot of people and they, they eat really well for like three or four days a week. And they think that their week's been great. Yeah. But Friday, it's not really, it's kind of the weekend already, right? And then Saturday, yeah. Sunday, total write-offs. So, Do you want the funny that the, the, the and kind of... F- and four out of three actually isn't that good. No, and uh, the statement I often get from some people is, you know, the, and especially when we talked about this in our last episode about, you know, the effects of alcohol, but... Um, you know, all oh, but what, you know, a weekend isn't going to sabotage my whole week worth of results, is it? It's like, well, well actually, yeah. yeah, it can. Yeah, because things start to add up pretty quickly. And like, if you are say at a like a, a at a small deficit after three days, after four mm-hmm. days, and you have one day where you go completely haywire, hi surplus. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to help. Um, so. I just, yeah, like I said, tracking is a really good starting point. Whether it's just tracking basic patterns or whether it's actually going a bit more, for especially more advanced people, a bit more specific with, like, calories, macros, etc. And then, so whatever food, like, nutrition plan you decide you want to follow, um, I believe that the only way to stick to something is planning ahead. Yep. Like, because, especially for busy people... Like, most of us don't have time to luxuriously stop four or five times a day and be like, what do I feel like eating now? Mm. And, like, prepare a whole meal. Most of us are in a hurry. We have other life commitments. And if we're in a hurry, we're either going to eat the wrong thing just because it's nearby or we're not going to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, actually, that brings us to a point. Um, A little hack that you can do, um, especially here in Dubai, there's quite a lot of companies that will do your meal prep for you and deliver those in in a cooled basket every morning. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. One one of the things I I do say to people is at some point, everyone should have some form of experience cooking food. I think it's just a basic human skill everyone should have. With that said, life does get the better of everyone at some point. So, Mm -hmm. I think that. 
there's a you know there's a reason why these companies exist and there's a mm. I think that at times where maybe things are a bit hectic or stressful definitely take your you know okay. use it to your advantage. I mean, I've seen them as well, and they're really not that much more expensive than no. than what I'd spend on groceries and getting coffees and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Anyway, you know, so if you it, it takes a, it takes all the work off your hands if you're just starting it, or if you are experienced, just taking that little bit of pressure off for a month and guaranteeing that you're going to eat every single meal well. I think is a is a really good thing. Um, we should actually yeah. we should include a couple of companies that people can use in Dubai. Um, we'll reach out to them and see if we can get you guys a discount code or something if you if you talk to them. Yeah, we won't, I don't think we'll discuss any companies or names until we've had yeah. some conversations. But yeah, but we, yeah. we'd want to vet and find the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but prepping in advance, Jess. Prepping in advance. Yeah. Like you have to have food with you. Like I know. You guys all do the same thing. James, are you still using a food company? No, no, I did that, and then um, I don't now. But I might I might actually do that in January. It's like, yeah, um, I know I prep all my food in advance. I do it, like, on a Saturday I'll do enough for three days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the middle of the week I do one more prep, like, for the next few days of the week. Yep. Friday... It's the weekend, and I have the day off. So I always plan to have one meal on a Friday, whatever I feel like. Mm-hmm. And then um, on a Saturday, I meal prep again. So yeah. that's how my structure of my week works. Very similar routine to me and Mal. We, we, yeah, food prep on a Saturday. It lasts, you know, two to three, maybe three and a half days. Um, we do a small food prep on a Tuesday night again. Um and then at the weekend, we're quite actually quite liberal. We kind of eat out most of our meals out at the weekend. Um, yeah. We're a bit smarter with most of the choices, but of course, you know, we also allow ourselves, you know, I, I'm a big fan of ice cream and burgers and all these <laughs> things. So, uh, And I train really hard at the moment. So, you know, I definitely, very much my plan is okay. I have everything really organized during the week. So that when I get to the weekend, I can be a bit more relaxed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think um, it, it's one thing that... It's one thing to be relaxed, and it's another thing to make perfectly bad decisions. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. so even if you're, even if at the weekend you are being a bit relaxed, so you can still think about what kind of nutrition you're going to get from that food. So, yeah. um, like let's say you go out for a meal, uh, and you have the choice between getting some relatively good quality meat and some vegetables, and maybe a few potatoes, that kind of thing, um, or getting like Hardee's. Or, or Domino's Pizza or something, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like you can still you can still make a better decision, yeah. even on the fly. I think I got a point to make about my own example is that I'm not necessarily a good comparison to make to the normal person because I I'm a personal trainer, so I'm on my feet all day most of the time. You know, at least six hours a day. I train two and a half hours a day, five days a week. So my output is very very high. So in terms of making a couple of you know, less um, nutritious choices, I'm in a position I can do that. But if you are someone who has a sedentary job, you maybe make the gym for an hour, four days a week, it's just common sense. You are going to have to be a little bit more... Yeah, strict to get the results you want. a bit more, especially if fat loss is the goal. Yeah. So so what would you guys think? So um, you hear a lot of stuff about diets and and healthy eating and stuff. And and the big one that, especially around New Year's, is because people want that fast those quick results is diving straight into a strict ketogenic diet. Um, what do you guys think about that? I don't think that actually ketogenic is something that a lot of people get into. It depends what, what population we're talking about. I mean, yeah. for you the see general a lot of public, public yeah, but for the general public, 
they don't freaking know what ketogenic is. <laughs> they really don't. Like, for, so for the general population, I think the first thing they look at is, oh, well, I'm going to... Here's my thing. If you're starting a New Year's resolution, the first thing to do is to not go on a fad diet. That's just step number one. Just don't mm. go on a diet. Start making lifestyle changes. So getting rid of dieting out of your vocabulary is a, is yeah. a good start. Mm. And I think the most common problem we see is that people have been chronically dieting for a very long time and like 90% of our clients have been under-eating for almost forever. Mm. So, yeah, so people say, but hold on, how can, they be, how can I be gaining fat or not losing fat if I'm under-eating? But we all know that the, the calorie equation, it does work out in the end. With that said, we, we don't look at then all the hormonal things and the cravings. And one of the things that Metabolic Effect talk about all the time, which is your get your heck in check, hunger, energy, cravings. Mm-hmm. So even though you might be thinking you under-eat, you, you're going to overeat at some point by binging or by whatever it is. You know, yeah. maybe going off the rails or maybe your activity becomes less because you're physically so tired and stressed that you can't train, but you're eating the same amount of food. So then, of course... Still on yeah, a surplus, right. so there's all these different factors we have to look at. So I think, like we were saying, just get get away from the dieting culture. Mm. Start moving towards it. Okay, let's start learning about how do I nourish my body first. So, yeah. Instead of thinking as fuel is something that like is a reward or a treat, mm-hmm. think of it as you need fuel to function. Uh-huh. So uh, yeah, I, I would say like one of the things that, that drives me crazy. I know you guys too. Is is when you hear people and they. Fad diets are one thing, but it's when they start doing the Juice Plus and um, Herbalife and still a fad. Those, by the way, yeah, yeah. I, and I would say those are by far the slim fast and um, whatever. Those are by far the worst possible choices for for it because maybe they are a little bit of a quick fix, but they set you up with such bad habits. They don't yeah. teach you anything. I mean, I don't like They're to put drain things you, like, on a scale of being worse about. But I, mean, again, I do. I those those. I are, condemn the shit out of her yeah, life and all these yeah, other things. No, no, fuck those guys. Like yeah. fuck that. But I do agree. Like the idea of replacing a, a, a nutritious meal with a liquid shake that's full of soy and all sorts of other chemicals. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not great. It's really not. Yeah. So I would say, as a as a weight loss hack, those are the worst. Some of the worst. I would still say They're that bad. I would still say that you know, you know, chronic, very low and low carb dieting is is probably some of the worst stuff you see. In terms of what it takes to recover from those, long term, yeah, it's pretty bad. You know, mm-hmm. again, maybe not in the scope of this podcast or things like thyroid health and adrenal health, but I think chronic low carb. This is another common one. We get a lot of people come and say, "Oh, but I need to cut carbs. I need to cut sugar." And you know, sugar gets mm-hmm. demonized, and carbs get demonized, and I think, again, this goes back to get away from the fads. Yeah. Go and, and if you're not sure, do your research online, take some accountability, um, hire a coach, hire a coach mm-hmm. that's going to teach you about, yeah. okay, how do I eat firstly for health? Okay, now that I've got my health in a good place, if it's already there, awesome. Now how do I eat for safe, effective fat loss that I can then build on long term? Mm-hmm. I think the, the thing with nutrition as well is that there's so much... Um, there's so much misinformation out there, and there's so many there's so many gurus mm-hmm. that really aren't qualified nutritionists, and mm. the advice that they're giving is probably technically illegal in a lot of places when they're telling people to follow these very specific, very extreme fad diets that yeah. really have no not a lot of evidence behind them. Yeah. Right? It's all dogma. Yeah. So just avoid that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And if you want some direction, get in touch and we can put you in touch with the right people if we can't help you ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, just as a little shout out, um, we've had two people on the podcast that I, I would 
trust to, to help people. Um, that would be Eloy Rodriguez mm-hmm. and uh, Keith Littlewood. And yeah. they definitely know their stuff. Yeah. Yeah, both amazing. Um, so food, we all agree, is the most important thing in yes. the hierarchy of fat loss. Um, moving every day, moving generally is probably the next most important yeah. thing. We could make an argument about one of the other points, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, there's um, a lot of evidence to support the idea that the amount of calories you burn outside of training is actually higher. So even though training is important, and we do want to make sure that you're, you know, getting the most out of your training, you burn X amount of calories. They say that a uh, uh, principle known as non-exercise activity thermogenesis, so NEAT, in short, nice acronym. Um, NEAT actually has a higher impact on your fat loss than say. Your training now again. I would say that of course training has a huge influence on how your body composition turns out in terms of muscle strength, all that stuff. Yep. But um, you know, if you're say for example sitting at a desk all day and you go to the gym three four days a week and that's all you do, but the rest of the time you're seated, mm. your body is used to. I mean, those four hours are not going to account for as much than if you're doing those four hours and you're on your feet two hours a day. I you know, think- it adds up to a lot more than just the you know just the workouts themselves yeah. i think this actually can explain why um like muscle building training whether that's uh, for a lot of people starting crossfit or doing bodybuilding or getting a personal trainer um gymnastics calisthenics anything that, that helps build muscle and physically change your structure it impacts your neat so much more than just grinding away on the treadmill for hours yeah. and hours yeah. because that that treadmill stuff the the intensity isn't high enough and it's not it's not changing you physically it's not actually changing any structures so it's not going to really encourage you to do a lot more outside of the gym well i guess yep. very simply to put it for people who really have no idea um when you do cardio you're only burning calories whilst you're doing it when you're doing resistance training so any of those things that james just mentioned you're going to burn calories whilst you're doing it, but for up to 48 hours after doing mm-hmm. that activity. So you may burn less calories during that time, but over that 48 hours, it adds up to lots more than just doing cardio. Yeah, yeah I mean, we'll not get into like epoch as such. Like, you know, no, we don't need to. But any of that's maybe something we can link in the show notes. Like, yeah. okay, explaining what the idea behind the debt of oxygen you create from different types of training. And so, like Jesse said, it's just with that resistance training, you create a higher epoch. So we will link that in the show notes so you can get a better idea of why exactly you burn more calories after training and not just, and, and potentially during training sometimes, although studies have shown that cardio will burn potentially more cal- calories during the session, but that is completely outweighed by the calories burned in the 48 hours afterwards. Yeah. So I, I think, um, actually, another little fitness uh fat loss hack i think that really isn't that intuitive but training your conditioning or your cardio harder doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna burn more fat yes the intensity goes up Mm. but that really switches over to a glycolytic exercise if that Mm. you don't know what that means it means that you're prioritizing sugar over fat so this non-exercise active thermogenesis is generally quite low intensity and it keeps it fat-based you don't have to replenish any carbohydrates for a lot of this stuff um doing things as simple as walking the dog for a couple hours can actually burn a fair amount of fat without any impact on the strength training without depleting any glycogen Mm. because it's all fat-based compared to 
you know, doing like really, really hard circuit training or, or sprints on the treadmill and stuff like that, which don't get me wrong, there's a place for that, for making yeah. your heart strong. Um, you know, for making our lungs and heart work really hard, it's great benefits there. But as far as fat loss is concerned, it's actually, I don't think, is effective. Well, I mean, there's a lot of arguments to show that high-intensity interval training is more effective for fat loss than slow, steady state. Plenty of studies to back it up. But I think where the argument then comes in there is also then the amount of stress you're putting on the body. Mm. So you have to look at, like, if you're just training at high-intensity, and intensity could be doing heavy stuff all the time it can also be doing high intensity interval training like or moderate intensity circuits for like 60 minutes five days a week if the amount of stress you put on the body is too great your body's going to hold on to fat for dear life because that's its protective mechanism so i think it's actually again comes back to what we always talk about most things is balance right it's having the right balance of stress you know making sure that you have a mixture of high intense like so heavy work um, you know, you're doing your resistance training, you might be doing your high intensity intervals once or twice a week or whatever it is. You might be doing some slow, steady state, like going for a 30 to 60 minute walk or doing, yeah, so just having that kind of mixture of low, medium, high intensity stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at guys like, for example, Dan John, who are really famous in the industry, they talk often a lot about how it's not all about being at the same stress level all the time, it's actually mixing the, the, the level of stress on the body is really effective for fat loss. So Mm. there's a place for everything, which I then think also means that you can have a lot of variety to your fat loss training, which makes it fun as well. I think this kind of brings us to to another point, which is really super, super effective is managing stress for losing Mm. fat. Um, I've actually... I've seen clients, especially off their belly, that stubborn belly fat that Mm -hmm. they really really struggle to shift, um, actually effectively cutting their training volume in half and doing almost half as many sessions mm-hmm. as they're used to um, and adding in a lot of those lower intensity sessions. And what that basically allows their body to do is, along with a nice balanced plan, maybe mm-hmm. adding cu- more carbs back in, it allows the body to stop stressing out. Yeah. Yes. And all of a sudden now it lets go of that stress fat, mm-hmm. those, um, those kind of typical umbilical um, iliac subscap fat. So essentially the stuff around the belly button. Yeah. Around the navel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like uh, to be honest, though, that is true. And the funny thing is about those people is those are usually the people that when you tell them you need to do less in order to get more fat loss, they usually go crazy. Like, but, but, and these are the kind of usually really wired, like intense people. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just have to try and get them to calm down as best as you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it's it's super counterintuitive, and maybe that's why it's a hack. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's super counterintuitive to say like you need you need to do a whole lot less for a while until you get your mm-hmm. until you get sorted. Yeah. And especially, like, you've got to consider not just your training, it's everything else in your life. Like, we've talked about this in other episodes. Yeah. Um, so we don't need to go into it in a lot of detail. But if you're very, very busy all the time, adding high intensity or heavy training is probably not the way to go for you. Maybe doing um, a really gentle yoga class three mm. days a week yep. is a better option for you because it's moving, but it's forcing you to slow down yeah. and do something for you and it's going to help you get that recovery time that you're not getting yeah and i think the point is is that you know we're not saying that that's then what you do for the rest of your life it's just looking at the context you're in right now yeah. that just may be the best option for you yeah um so i i think like a lot of times you see that stubborn body fat that really won't go and you know you're taking skin folds and they're, they're pretty lean everywhere mm. and it just won't let go of the belly mm-hmm. and you know that that's super super common and 
doing that, those counterintuitive things, like you know, stopping stopping doing your your circuit classes and your body pump and and doing spinning after that and a crossfit class after that, you know what I mean? And absolutely trashing yourself much, every day. Much, yeah. Drop most of that stuff. Focus on you. I think I put care for yourself earlier as well, James. About you know, again, we we deal with a lot of crossfitters. We get a lot of them, so. I guess, you know, CrossFit is a very glycolytic sport in nature. Mm-hmm. It's also, even if you're just attending classes like three to five days a week, you know, when you're in that class, the majority of the time, you're you're gonna still going to be pretty demanding on the body. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. I think often, as you say, like, you know, if you're stressed or et cetera, you know, just looking at, okay, maybe not doing five days a week, maybe three days is enough. Yeah. Maybe eating a little bit more carbs, not going crazy, but eating a little bit more carbs, you know, just to get more glycogen in the system. I know, um, you know we gave a shout out to Tom earlier, but he, he often talks a lot about that. You know, some people just are not simply, one, eating enough, two, they're not getting enough glycogen, not getting enough yeah. carbs. Uh, and it might just be that just not forever, but just back off for a little bit. And that can help mm. a lot. Mm. Um, the next thing we're talking about in terms of sh- that can accumulate stress as well is sleep. Sleep. I, I know Jesse is the is a sleeping um, aficionado, so to speak, oh, and uh, and I I'm the king of naps. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but I, one I thing seriously... we all agree on is that sleep. Um, one thing I heard from, and I'll just give a shout out to a company I know in the UK called Fitter Food, Matt and Keris. Hopefully, we'll get them on the podcast at some point soon. Awesome. They're really cool guys. Um, they they refer to f- uh, sleep as the Mac Daddy of fat loss. Ooh, I like that. The Mac Daddy. Because it is, it has such a, a huge impact on everything else that you do. Like, if you think about energy, you think about the cravings you get, you think about, um, you know, and I posted recently on Instagram the idea of if you lack energy from one place, your body's very, very clever at finding it from somewhere else. So, you know, it'll be like, mmm, give me sugar, give me sweet stuff, give me quick energy, I want it now. Uh, or, or you might eat your meal, but just, you know, your usual meals that you normally would if you had a good night's sleep, but you're not satisfied as you normally would be. Because you're unable to control the hormones that kind of control your appetite and your, you know, your um, hunger, etc. So, so, so yeah. Uh, so sleep, what sleep, are, sleep. So, what are some little sleep hacks that, that you can do? Now, one that I like, uh, I'm a big fan of becoming aware of stuff through tracking it, at least in some kind of initial phase. So, especially New Year's, um, there's that. Uh, there's an app you can get on your phone called, I think, it's Sleep or Sleep Tracker. You put that under your pillow, and it's going to measure how much you fidget mm. while you're sleeping. What one do you use, Jess? I've got a different well, one from that. At the moment, I am actually using, so it's not tracking my sleep. I'm using the new iPhone update has the bedtime ah, thing on I've it. seen so that. So it's in the alarm section in called bedtime, and you put in, so what time you've got to wake up, and it will, and set your alarm for those days, and then you can look, okay, so if I've got to get up at 5 a.m., um, I have to, and you shift the thing around. If I need eight hours, it will tell me I need to be in bed at night. And then an hour before that, it gives you an, a note: you need to be in bed at nine to get eight hours sleep. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that I really like about, um, if unfortunately I, I don't know if Android has this at the moment, just because I have an iPhone at the moment, but um, in Settings on your iPhone, you can go into bright, display and brightness, and there's a thing called night shift, mm-hmm. which you set from sunrise to sunset, or sunset to sunrise, and it turns off the blue light in your screen um, at the time that the sun sets, which is telling your brain to like 
go to sleep essentially because mm-hmm. the blue light is going to be stimulating you to stay awake so if you're looking at your phone just before you go to bed that's going to keep you awake um, so that automatically turns it off and then through the evening you're not being bombarded with that blue light so what a hack <laughs> what a hack um, yeah yeah no I'm a huge fan of that um, I think on Android you can get f.lux and that'll do the same yeah. thing uh, you can also you can get that. do that on Apple as well but it's a bit more difficult yeah, um, to set up you can also get that set up on your desktop or, yes. or laptop so, which is super useful like, I know for people who are like graphic designers and things like it changes the colour on the screen so like that won't be useful but when you're just looking your phone and like looking at social media or like reading your emails or doing basic work like writing etc yeah, et yep. you know it doesn't matter what color the screen is so um yeah that is my favorite thing at the moment but also making sure that you've got like all your lights and things are off in the room that there's no th- like noises and stuff in the bedroom and like starting to wind down at least 30 minutes before you want to sleep yeah yeah, um, um, I personally have now just recently got back into you know uh, I used to be I got back into a bit of a workaholic stage again. I was working way up to like just before bedtime and on my laptop. Uh, recently, I've started reading again an hour yeah. before bed, and then that last half hour, just you know me and my wife Mal, we we literally are just sitting, chatting, having some fun, just yeah. you know yeah. just being silly for like half an hour. And I must say, I'm getting to like. Before, I found I was, like, kind of wired. You know, I'd get, I'd, I'd be really, really, like, high energy right up till bed. Now I'm getting to, like, 9.15 and my eyes are starting to get all drowsy and sleepy. <laughs> and so now I understand now that I'm getting back into a, a, a healthier place in terms of that mm. winding down. Um, so another little sleep hack that I really like is um, put some headphones on or some earphones. Mm. And uh, you can get, there's lots of sources out there um, of kind of free... I guess you call it like meditation music, and it's um, a lot of them. They they can kind of activate your brain really well into sleep. You get pretty trippy dreams on them because they'll play different sounds between your left and right ears. Yeah, and it it kind of syncs those two sides of your brain and really gets those. Um, was it theta waves? Is that? Air for, for sleep, sleep yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really gets those state waves activated and helps you drift into that REM sleep a little bit quicker. Yeah. So cool. especially if you... Um, Was that he- uh, Headspace? Is that the app? What's the one called? Uh, that's a meditation app, yeah. which also awesome. Yeah. Also um, quite good. You know what? That's, that's another little fat loss yeah. one right there. Use Headspace, start meditating. Yeah. Get mindful of your fatness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it came out wrong. <laughs> yeah, it came out a little bit wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Become more mindful. Period. Yes, yeah. just in general. Yeah, um, but uh, those uh, we'll, we'll set, put a link in yeah. there. But those uh, listen to those sounds actually yeah. s- really helps me drift off. Um, I can't listen to that more than ten minutes. One thing I want to show, I'm going to show James and Jesse now. Um, I'm using a different app for sleep. It's called Sleep Cycle, so it actually shows you your sleep cycle. Yeah. Mm. So it actually shows you like when you're awake, when you're in a deep sleep, and when you're kind of in the middle yeah. phase. Um, I used one like that for a while. It was awesome. So it's cool. I mean, if, if you're someone who's getting enough sleep, which I'm, I'm someone who, who generally gets enough sleep, but sometimes there are certain days or there's maybe a period you're going through where you're like, you know what, I just don't feel rested enough. And of course, that could be down to you know, not eating enough. It could be down mm-hmm. to training too much. You know, all the things we've talked about. But if, if it's that you're not getting a good enough quality sleep, then it might be quite good to get some information on where in the night you're not getting that. Um, So, yeah, it can be quite useful for that as well. So that's another one we can add to the show notes, the Sleep Cycle app. Yep. Kind of cool. I think it would also be interesting to to try some of the tips that we suggested along with the sleep tracker Mm. and see if you can 
get some numbers on improving that, that quality of sleep. Yeah. Um, there's also, uh, very quickly, the uh, some supplements. Um, you hear people talk about melatonin. Uh, and ZMA, that's zinc, magnesium, B6. Yeah. Um, I personally have never really noticed that much of a difference on them, but maybe yeah. I'm just not that deficient in those. But I know for some people, they absolutely swear by it, and so it makes a huge difference. I mean, one thing I will say is if you're someone who trains hard, especially if you lift a lot, um, you lose a lot of zinc and magnesium, you definitely deplete. Um, I, I notice the difference when I have zinc and magnesium. I've never tried melatonin, but I think that's also something that it's a bit more of an advanced supplementation. That's usually when you go to a doctor and you've got had mm-hmm. long term like insomnia or sleep issues, they'll start to look at like your melatonin, serotonin production, and it, I, I, I've known people who have done it and it's worked incredibly well. Um, was it 5-HTP as well? Yeah, is another and, one. Um, an L-tryptophan. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've, I've had one guy recommend tryptophan to me once. I never used it. I, fi- I just figured out I wasn't winding um, down enough, so it's in cheese. Like it's not. Yeah. Like it's not that rare. <laughs> like, but yeah, but I would say the the kind of bog standard ones that most you know most good trainers etc will recommend is your your zinc and magnesium, um, yeah. and usually starting off with you know fifty milligrams of zinc and about two hundred to four hundred is a starting point for most people, and then building um, the zinc can kind of stay there. That's usually a good dose for most people. The magnesium we find. For the average person, you're looking at females about two to three hundred, males about four hundred. But if you're extremely active, uh, I've definitely myself personally went up to about eight hundred before bed, and that's been quite useful as well. Yeah. The, the thing you have to be careful with with magnesium is that they use um, high dose magnesium to help with uh, flatulence issues. So, like, <laughs> if you're constipated and you're trying to get moving a little bit more frequently, <laughs> so if you uh, you dose up too quickly on your magnesium, you can end up a little bit, mm, uh, a bit runny. So, <laughs> so just start low. So uh, you, find a tolerance that works for you and build up, and then and then kind of keep it there. So you can make your squats a little riskier. Yes, <laughs> I've been there. Trust me. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> um, so the other thing that we talk that people just always forget with like fat loss and just general lifestyle is being keeping hydrated oh yeah mm-hmm. so yep three liters of water a day like that people say eight cups eight cups is not it's sufficient. not sufficient no no especially if you're training especially mm. in dubai yeah even in i would say even in winter it's still it's still 25 30 degrees most days yeah and you're more likely to be training outside and being more active in general majority of the time like here we're in air conditioning most of the time which is drying Mm. so yeah even in the winter it's uh, so just gotta drink water man Mm. what did we what would you say our minimum requirement is water hack hashtag water hack um i i think it's a good idea to get a, a water hack for me was was to get a big flask of water mm-hmm. or a big container and then um I god i haven't done this in ages but actually put little lines on it like get to here by 11 o'clock get to here by one o'clock that's kind of cool here. targets and well, uh, i have a one liter bottle and i'm like i have to fill it i have to finish it three times yeah. at least a day in the summer i normally do five or six Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've seen um, one of the studies I came across, I think it was like a year and a half ago, uh, was that looking at a study for what's the, the minimum amount of water that a woman, female needs, like the average female, I can't remember what the age range was, it was quite a detailed study, um, and 3.3 litres came up as like the kind of a good number for that population range that they tested, Um so I've usually kind of went off that for most female clients, and that's usually worked out well mm. um, for, for male clients, of course, just generally because we're carrying a little bit more muscle mass, most of us. 
I mean, just as pretty small. <laughs> some, of the girl, some of the girls in the warehouse gym are pretty stacked, so you know, be careful what I'm saying. But yeah, but the point being is that I would say, especially living in a hot country, because I don't think that was taken in a hot climate. I think it was taken in a kind of average yes. climate. Yeah, you need to make sure that essentially you just don't want to feel thirsty. If you're feeling thirsty, it's not a good thing. Another thing that might be useful as well is making sure that you don't skimp on, uh, when you're cooking with your food, don't skimp on the salt. Because we need mm. sodium. And water alone, it's been shown that water alone is not enough to hydrate. You need to have minerals, you need to have sodium as well. And we lose a lot of that here. So just make sure that you know your foods are well salted, that you're getting sufficient fluids. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's a real big thing because especially when people start eating healthy, quote unquote, a lot of the times they just cut out all the salt. Well, there was this, and, uh, and it works because they're like, "Oh man, I'm losing all this weight," and yeah. you're like, and you look like you're about muscle. to die." <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I actually can attest to this because I made this mistake with completely not thinking because like, I was following this nutrition plan. And I was like, oh, "Okay." And I didn't even think of adding salt to my cooking. And it was like a weekend, I started doing this workout, and I got the worst crab I've ever had in my life in my calf. Like, it it seized up, and it would not stop. Like, I was on the floor. I was supposed to be teaching a class. So I ended up on the floor screaming. And I'm like... Couldn't it wouldn't let go, and for like 15 minutes, I was just like holding my leg and like writhing in pain, with the whole class just like looking like what? The What's hell happened to coach? On? Is coach dying right now? Like, <laughs> what happened? Oh, didn't add salt to my cooking. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So don't do that. Yeah, I. Um, I, don't, I mean, I, I think remember, I think the I bad rap that salt got, I think, was the because um, a lot of the salts that are out now. Very chemically based, you know. Uh, do you ever remember from the UK the low salt? Do you remember that? Oh, the low sodium salt. Yeah, I, I've I've had people come complain. Oh, I'm getting cramps, and they have all sorts of that, and I'm still getting cramps. And I'm like, looked at their salt, and they're adding low sodium salts. Yeah. I'm like, no, so you get some point. So I, I usually advise people. One of my favorite brands, this is another thing, is Malden. Malden sea salt. Oh, that stuff's delicious. Yeah, as you well. get it in most supermarkets. It's really natural. The flaky stuff. Oh, I used to love that. That is good. But, seen but James's face I know it's like, oh Malden sea salt. Oh, you yeah. just like you get as excited as Mal does when she buys it. Um, yeah. But yeah, but yeah. Like getting a good quality sea salt or some Himalayan rock salt. Yeah. Great. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what have we got? We've got um, sleep, nutrition, activity, activity and water. And water. Um, I feel like that's a pretty good. We only got supplements as well. Um, let's yeah. see. Uh, so actually, on that note, like weight loss supplements, um, you guys might no. be you guys no. might be no. really tempted no. to <laughs> to uh, to take a lot of stimulants, um, a lot mm. of the hydroxy cut. Um, style stuff. You, wear, you, you know the, the bodybuilding thing where they, they just jack themselves up with stimulants and yes, you will lose a little bit of weight at first because you're going to be wired the whole time. Uh, you can also lose weight with methamphetamine and cocaine. <laughs> uh, that yeah, doesn't make it a good decision and in the long run it's really not a Bad great idea. Bad life choices. Yes, d- d- don't um, another one I've Appetite heard suppressants, fat burners, just say no. Um, yeah, I've no really, really, really not worth the health. And uh, like we're in in biology, I was always taught there's no such thing as a free lunch. It's true. So any all that energy that you're getting for free with these stimulants, you're gonna have to pay that back at some point. Mm-hmm. You're gonna pay the price. Yeah, and and you're gonna you could end up with some pretty serious, long-lasting or permanent 
adrenal fatigue or um, metabolic slowdown if you rely on these things for too long. And uh, in our in our opinion, yeah, it's really not worth the risk. Yeah, no. there are too many. We are all uh, very uh, supportive of the idea that long-term lifestyle changes are the way to go. Yep. Because we want people to be healthy and live long, good quality li- lives with, like, with health. Yeah. Enjoy themselves. Um, and if you're making choices like that, which are, you're trying to get a quick fix, uh, you are going to end up like continuing this cycle of dieting and then binging and then gaining weight and ending up in this continuous cycle that most people are already living in yep. and not fixing the issue that you don't understand how to eat. You're not looking after yourself. You're not being mindful and managing your stress. You're not staying hydrated. All of those very simple things that if you focus a little and just commit to the fact that for a few months it's going to be a bit of work because yep. you need to change your habits um, but then it becomes a very easy lifestyle to live. Yep. Um, I think your um, Eloy that we had, we already gave a shout out to, he mentioned one book that I think most people in modern society would benefit from. The one thing is we're all talking about all these five things. So I think a good way to kind of almost start wrapping up the podcast is like, okay, these are all the five things that you should look at. But you start with one thing. What's the biggest, yeah. um, what's the one of those five things that's having the biggest impact on your lifestyle right now? And take take action on that right now. That one thing. Yeah. Start there. Mm. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Don't wait until next New Year's to make these changes, right? Do it now. Yeah, <laughs> right I, love, now. I love what Tomo said as well. Like it was funny you were talking about the idea of the you know the health. We always go back to this health first thing. Tomo uh, Littlewood always talks about the idea of health doesn't necessarily correlate to fitness, and fitness doesn't always correlate to health. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of very fit people out there that are very unhealthy and vice yeah. versa. So I just think yep. you know um, be sensible. I would say though. Um, there is definitely, at the very, very high ends, um, they do separate. But I think chasing that health is, is, is a really good fitness hack because long-term, if you're healthy, it makes it so much easier to stay fit. Yeah. Yes. Um, so it might, not, it might not get you the, the fastest results. You might not drop 10 pounds in two weeks and, you know, and have these dramatic transformations in the space of a month. But in a year from now, you're still going to be getting results yeah. in two years from now, in five years, ten years from now. And that that tortoise versus hare race, mm-hmm. the tortoise inevitably wins every single time yeah. in my experience. Slow progress, still progress. Yeah. yeah. Regardless. All right. I think that pretty much sums it up. What do you guys think? Yeah. All right. Um, so happy new year. Happy new year. Yeah. Um, Let's see. We gotta we gotta plug ourselves. So Jesse, where do you find us? So you can find us on Instagram at athlete underscore hack. You can find us uh, on Facebook uh, forward slash athlete hack. Yeah. One word. And you can find us on athletehack.com. Dot com. Um, please subscribe to us on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you find us. Uh, we would love a five-star review on iTunes. We'd love that. Very, yep. very much. Um, and the other thing is, um, 
CrossFit Open is fast approaching. So uh, we put together a very, very cool thing for you guys. It's a 12-step muscle-up program. Uh, they show up every year, and uh, we, we assume that muscle-ups of some kind are going to show up this year as well. And getting that first muscle-up or, or getting muscle-up very, very close to the Open is a huge separator for a lot of people. Yep. So uh, me and Jesse put together a... Ross had some input. Yeah, whatever. Uh, put together a, a really comprehensive uh, tick sheet of things that you need to do to get that first muscle up, yeah. and it's really, really cool. We're giving it away for free, so definitely check that out. Yeah. Um, that'll be on the website. We'll also post it on the Facebook page. And uh, yeah. yeah, some yeah. of you guys may have already came across that in the lead up to Christmas, but if you haven't saw that yet, check it out. All right. Uh, yeah, we're done. And uh, yeah, well, last time, Happy New Year's. Happy New Year. Yeah. Until the next time. Stay athlete happy. We need a we need a tack. Yeah, like, we need to educate, entertain, inspire. That's more about us, though. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Stay classy. I think stay awesome. Stay awesome. Right. Stay, yeah. Stay classy. Awesome. <laughs> we'll work on it, guys. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Bye. <laughs>